The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers. The Horn. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better. Wake them up, get them up, get them going. It's Monday. Monday on Austin's only morning sports conversation. Five hours of tremendous conversation begins right now. It's E and Rod B live on the Horn app. HornFM.com, of course, on AM 1260 as well, 101.9 FM. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. We have a lot to do. Longhorn football in full swing entering week number two of their training camp. Cowboys into week number three out in Oxnard, California. Obviously an historic landscaping, landscape-changing weekend in college athletics with the demise of the Pac-12 Conference, the rise of the Big Ten and the Big 12. We'll certainly dive into that. Two more Cowboys are into Canton and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Big weekend in Major League Baseball. And what a uh, weekend and, and night in soccer last night in the MLS and the Stunner and the Women's World Cup. All things we'll be chewing on, talking about over the next five hours of fun and conversation here on, uh, as we say, Austin's only morning sports conversation. It's E and Rod B. I'm Aaron Hogan, of course, joined by the lifetime Longhorn. 16 years of fixture on your radio dial here in the ATX. Number 21 in your Texas football program, but always number one in your heart. It's our man, Rod Babers. Rod B, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Good to be here, man. Uh, glad to start the new chapter uh, in the horn with you, brother, in the mornings, which is something I've never done yeah, how in you doing all my 16 years. You're up early. I'm good. I mean, it's actually not a big deal. Went for a run this morning. Yeah, you went for a it. run? Yeah. And you took the stairs up, not yeah. the elevator? Oh, man. Yeah, we're ready to go. We're good. I have to wake myself up. Ty, already, the best way to do it. He's already showing us up here. He's already gotten about how, how many miles did you put in this morning in the, uh, in the coolest temperatures of, of the day? It's close to four. Yeah, that was that was a beautiful thing. I, I hadn't done that. that. I Usually, I'm in the heat. Uh, I was in the, it was cool. It was nice. Yeah. Felt good. You say close to four miles? Close to four miles. Close to, I took like a shower. Seven. I took a shower, Rod. You did too? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Rod's here. Ty Henderson is here through the glass producing our program. It's the first uh, as Rod said, the, the new chapter of the Horn, of course, uh, on the Horn app, on the hornfm.com is the best place to find us. Of course, also on AM 1260 and 101.9. It's going to be a busy day. Five hours of conversation begins right now, and there is a lot going on. Rod, how was your weekend, my friend? Everything good? It was a, it was a great weekend. Got a chance to relax, but, man, a lot of sports headlines just kind of hidden, and we obviously college football, we'll get to that. Oh. The realignment continues. Uh, hell, messy. I mean, that's... <laughs> well, let's hit it. Let's get to the... Let's get to those horn headlines, get you caught up on the news of the weekend. Whatever you're up to, we'll uh, make sure you're fully aware as you get up and out on a Monday morning. UBO Business Services brings you the headlines always at 6 a.m. Start with college football. Texas Longhorns wrapped up their first week of training camp with a night session on Saturday night under the lights. Had four straight workouts of on-field. Yesterday was an off day for the Longhorns. Recovery and meetings now the focus. Rod and I will recap the first full week. Uh, throughout the morning here on Ian Rod B. Coming up bottom of the hour, we'll have a uh, Behind the Burn Orange Curtain segment as well. Historic landscaping, 
weekend throughout college athletics. Also, obviously, came down on Friday, the full implosion of the Pac-12 Conference, the further expansion of the Big Ten and the future Big 12. After a 13-month wait on a new media rights deal that was not up to par, Oregon and Washington announced on Friday that they will be following USC and UCLA into the Big Ten Conference in 2024, making that an 18-team coast-to-coast mega conference in the new year. Soon after that announcement came down on Friday afternoon, didn't take long for the four corners schools in the Pac-12 to make it official as well. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah all announcing they will follow Colorado into the now 16-team Big 12 in 2024. That's as Texas and Oklahoma move on to the SEC. Again, full coverage and conversation on that massive shift coming up on the show this morning. In the NFL, Dallas Cowboys enter their third week of training camp out in Oxnard, California. That's ahead of their preseason opener against Jacksonville this Saturday. If you missed it over the weekend, two more Cowboys legends received their gold jackets in Canton, Ohio. Took their rightful place in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Demarcus Ware and Chuck Howley officially inducted into the Pro Football Hall on Saturday, giving the Cowboys a total of 17 former players in that hall. Ware played the first nine seasons of his 12-year career with Dallas. Still holds the franchise record for career sacks with 117. Howley played his entire career with the Cowboys. He was a five-time All-Pro, helped Dallas to their first championship in Super Bowl VI. Also from Cowboys camp over the weekend, team and safety Malik Hooker agreed to a new three-year contract extension. And All-Pro guard Zach Martin's contract holdout continues. The 32-year-old has already incurred more than half a million dollars in fines for the time missed. Major League Baseball Rangers lead atop the AL West now stands at two and a half games coming out of the weekend. Rangers finished off a three-game sweep of the Miami Marlins in a 6-0 homestand. 6-0 the win in Arlington yesterday. Texas slugged four home runs. Andrew Heaney and three relievers combined on a six-hitter. Rangers now head to Oakland to open a series with the last-place A's tonight. Second-place Astros earned a split of their four-game series with the Yankees yesterday, 9-7 in the Bronx. Jake Myers belted a pair of three-run homers. Jordan Alvarez, Martin Maldonado also had big flies. Houston overcame 12 walks by their pitching staff to earn that victory. Houston will now spend their off day at the White House today. They're going to be honored for their World Series championship with the, uh, the president. That'll be ahead of their series in Baltimore, which opens tomorrow night. Round Rock lost at Oklahoma City 17-7. In soccer over the weekend, stunner at the Women's World Cup. U.S. Women's National Team lost to Sweden in the round of 16. The two-time defending cup champs lost in penalty kicks at a nil-nil draw in regulation. In the MLS, meanwhile, incredible. Lionel Messi last night, two more goals in regulation, a third in penalty kicks to lead Inter-Miami to a shootout win over FC Dallas last night. Messi has now scored an astounding seven goals in four games with his new team. They've won all four. They're into the round of eight in the inaugural League's Cup tournament. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. I can't believe that the Pac-12 is dead. I know. I I mean, think about where it happened and how quickly it happened. A year ago, we're deciding between the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and which one has has more stability, which one going forward is going to be more aggressive, and it's basically going to be between the Pac-12 and the Big 12. And it was between the Pac-12 and the Big 12 as to which one of them is going to survive going forward. And I think a lot of people thought the Pac-12 had the advantage. Well, they did. They had all the advantages. They had, a, they had a commissioner that was already in place. Brett Yarmark, remember, he wasn't even in place yet. Yeah. Came in place a year ago and then skipped the line to get his media rights deal done. And George Klyovkov, who I can't believe he did say it, but he did at the last Pac-12 media days, he said waiting would actually benefit them and waiting to get a media rights deal done. He said that. Yeah. I'm not making that up. That is a real – I can give you the quote. He said – it's it's crazy. He says um, 
there's an underlying shift. He said, but I will tell you what we've seen is that the longer we wait for the media deal, the better our options get. He said those words at Pac-12 Media Days, and it kind of reminds me last of— Last month. Last month. Last month. like Days before <laughs> Colorado decided that they were leaving the Pac-12. Remember Bob Bowlesby's last Big 12 Media Days as, as commissioner? Yes. Remember what he said? He said, and this is, this is 11 days before Texas and Oklahoma reportedly left, he said, it doesn't appear to him a lot of the motivation for realignment is no longer there. He said, not to say it couldn't happen, but it's not one of those things that keeps me up at night. 11 days later. Yeah. No, so no he's, I don't know what's going on. Klyovkov is pulling a Bowlesby. It might be worse than a Bowlesby. Well, it is a stunning lack of leadership and awareness to the, to the situation. Uh, that's safe to say because, uh, as you said, when Texas and Oklahoma uh, you know, shocked the college football world a couple of summers ago announcing their move to the SEC, and obviously we now know it's coming next year, um, you know, the, the the Big 12 was was left for dead. I mean, the remaining Big 12, where's everyone going to land? What's Baylor going to do? What's Texas Tech, uh, Kansas, all these schools? Uh, and obviously the fact that they are now in the power position to be the fourth conference. I know we've talked about it a lot here on the shows. Uh, but, yes, it was it was the, the you know, if we want to talk about stunning lack of leadership in the Pac-12, it was, it was an incredible force, a show of leadership, I thought, from the remaining Big 12 commission, uh, presidents, especially – um, Larry Chauvinek out at uh, Lawrence Chauvinek at Texas Tech. He, along with a couple of the other, you know, prominent presidents, because remember the presidents hire the commissioner, mm-hmm. and then the commissioner works for the schools. Uh, and it was you know Chauvinek and some others in the Big Twelve, the remaining Big Twelve, without Texas and Oklahoma, their power brokers leaving, who said, "Look, look, guys, stop being mad at Texas and Oklahoma. Let's look to the future." And they went out and found a visionary like Brett Yormark, who was going to come in and be aggressive. Meanwhile, out on the West Coast, you know, George Klyavkov. You know, couldn't get out of his own way and could not see the landscape or read the landscape. And uh, it is stunning because, Rod, you think about it, 2011, 2011, and obviously we know this is an an all-sports conversation, right? It's an entire athletic department Mm -hmm. that is moving, but football dominates and football pays the bills in college sports. We know that. 2011, you realize that the top 10 teams, three of them were from the Pac-12. Three schools in the Pac-12. Just in 2011, just to go back, how quickly this has unfolded for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. you know, about 15 years, basically, <laughs> well, it's all, less than less than less than <laughs> 13 years. I mean, Alabama and LSU were one, two that year in the final poll. But Oregon was four. USC was six. Stanford was seven. They had they were a power broker in, in, in pro in college football, uh, to say the least. And here we are in 2023 going into the to the what will be the last year of what the Pac-12 as we know it. And. You know the the football outside of USC is kind of off the off the reservation. They haven't been, you know, the leadership has been poor through COVID. I felt like, um, you know, which everyone had to deal with, but they helped dealt with it the worst as far as staying relevant and staying in the big picture. And I know people will go back to 2011 and 12 when they were on top of the college football world, or at least right there as the you know a prime player. They were they 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 had the richest media deal at the time. They had a $3 billion deal over three years. Yeah. It was the richest conference deal at the time. That's how on top of it the Pac-12 was less than 15 years ago yeah. and how quickly well, they, then Larry, they crumble. <laughs> then Commissioner Larry Scott decided to uh, you know, start the, the Pac-12 network, which was turned out to be a disaster. Uh, never really, you know, took shape the way they wanted it to, and that's that's you know the Larry Scott days can be certainly picked apart and discussed, and they cannot not be part of the conversation. But the last two years, two and a half years with George Klyavkov have just been stunning. 
their lack of awareness because they should have been picking apart the Texas schools or the Big 12 schools remaining after Texas and Oklahoma. You know, get yourself into the central time zone. You know, you know jump at those schools that are panicked, the Texas Techs of the world, you know, the, uh, the, the schools in the Oklahoma states who would have will, you know, j- joyfully jumped into the Pac-12 when Texas and Oklahoma were leaving. Make yourself stronger. Make yourself a, you know, a, a, at least a, a Midwest to coast-to-coast conference. Uh, they never did that, and they stayed west. The, the deal never came, and you're right that George Klyafov did say, as of recently, that waiting would be our best benefit. Yeah. Obviously, the schools that had been patient for 13 months waiting on a new media rights deal <laughs> said, no, <laughs> no, we're gone. What you t- and to, 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 to your point about how the Pac-12 could have removed the Big 12 as a threat yes. a decade plus ago, yep. or at least been able to dissolve the Big 12 totally, Larry Scott is on the record in 2011 for saying, Quote, we could have expanded, but the deal didn't make any sense at the end of the day for us. There's a very high bar. It's hard to imagine very many scenarios for our conference to expand because the bar is so high. Essentially, he is hinting that he was rejecting the teams from the Big 12 in that scenario. And maybe it wasn't Texas and Oklahoma. Maybe that fell through for other reasons. But even the Oklahoma States and the Texas Techs of the world, too. So that was an opportunity. And don't forget, two years ago, Bob Bowlesby... He went hat in hand to George Klyovkov yes. after Texas and Oklahoma left, as you said, and said, hey, man, let's merge. Let's just merge. We're both weak, but together we're strong. Save us. And Klyovkov, hubris, pride, arrogance, said, nope, we're good. And then on top of that, refused to expand. He refused to go after a weekend Big 12 and poach them. And then he came actually back. Most recently, this is from Yahoo Sports. They said a year later, uh, Klyovkov went back to the Big 12 with a with a different leadership because Yarmark was the commissioner, asking if the deal was still on the table to merge, and he was uh, rebuffed <laughs> very quickly by yeah. Brett Yarmark. Well, so be- at this time, to me, you look at the – this shows you in, in any scenario, whether it be business or sports or whatever, back-to-back inept leadership – like you have back to back, you know, ten years of bad leadership, like the Pac-12 did with you know Larry Scott and then George Klyovkov. It can be disastrous. I mean, look at Texas. You hired two bad head coaches at Texas football, and you go, man, it's hard to get things back on track. I think that's where they messed up. And give the Big 12 credit, they didn't do that. They, didn't. they hired Brett Yarmark, and Brett Yarmark is a home run hire. Well, and him getting, uh, you know, getting on the job. I remember we were at Big 12 Media Days when Brett Yormark was introduced. He hadn't been officially even hired yet, but uh, the, the the presidents of the remaining Big 12 shoved Bob Bowlesby into retirement. Said, "Time for you to go. Uh, your time is done. We're going to go done, get this son. guy. You um, get this guy, Brett Yormark, and we all got to meet him. And he was a dynamo. And you know, not long after the Big 12 Media Days a year ago, he got the deal done with ESPN." He got the Big 12's deal done. They added the, the four new schools, and now it's you know four more coming from the West Coast. But ESPN, you know, got the deal done. To your point of Klyavkov saying, you know, being patient with the media rights deal would be better. Uh, your mark in the Big 12 realized no immediacy is the most important thing here to get this deal done, which they did. And at the end of the day, Rod, you know what? What? What's the end of the Pac-12? Was that ESPN and Fox were done spending money? The ESPN mm-hmm. and Fox. Kind of, and don't think for a second that ESPN and Fox, the two power brokers in college athletics right now in college football, didn't know this would all happen, right? If they, if they, if they closed the purse, right? If they closed the dollars and said, no, no, you're, they'll fall apart if we don't spend any more money on the Pac-12, and they didn't, right? They, they wouldn't. That, that's where the, the lack of media rights deal came. You ask, well, how come they couldn't get a media rights deal secured? Well, 
ESPN and Fox were, were closed. They were done. They weren't <laughs> going to bail them out, uh, kind of predicting this would fall into place, which it did. Uh, so at the end of the day, the media rights deal presented to the Pac-12 members was at, uh, an all-streaming Apple Plus deal, kind of like the MLS has right now. Yep. And that was it. And when, when that was the deal, after 13 months of waiting, uh, the, the school said, you know what, we're not going to wait into a, into a streaming only you know, if 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 fa- our fans can't turn on the TV and see our games on ESPN and Fox, they have to to buy a subscription or get Apple Plus. Mm. We're not doing that. And yeah, is it big business? Yes, but you know, if you if you're if you're mad about the big business side of college athletics, you should be over that long ago because it's been a big business for a long, long time. And ESPN and Fox drive it. Fox is now in charge of the Big Ten as of 2024, so they have 18 teams coast to coast. Think about it for Fox, Rod. They they've now added two more. Schools to the west, which you now have a western flank up the uh, Pacific seaboard with USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. They play in the number one market, at least at Rutgers in the east coast. They go number two with L.A., with UCLA and USC. They also have Chicago, which is market number three. Mm. Uh, That's a huge Big Ten market in that area through the Midwest. So the Big Ten goes 18 teams. And don't think for a second that the Big Ten isn't hoping, waiting on Stanford and Notre Dame to fall into the Big Ten as well. At some point, to make it, it a twenty-team league, could, yeah, and force Notre Nobody Dame knows what they're going to do. Force Notre because because you know of those. Remember, we mentioned in twenty eleven, the biggest media rights deal signed was the Pac twelve, and they were a power broker with three top seven teams. One of those teams was Stanford. With yeah. Then Jim Harbaugh, then David Shaw, they're off the reservation. They don't have a conference right now, Rod. They're not even relevant in the college athletics or college football conversation right now which is stunning, uh, to say the least. Oregon, meanwhile, Washington, going to jump into the Big Ten. Big 12, you know, we know Texas and Oklahoma are going to find their their place in the SEC starting next year. Um, but, you know, to add those four-corner schools, uh, to add a western flank, I would say, to the Big 12, you know, pretty impressive to have Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, to have the rivalry with BYU, Colorado, which brings the Denver market, and Deion Sanders now to the Big 12 Conference. You know, props to Brett Yormark. Uh, but a stunning lack of leadership from the West. I uh, Yeah, I mean, I think they'll study this in business schools. <laughs> yes, for, uh, oh, for the, years to come. It'll be really. an entire class. They really will. Just entire study semester. What, exactly what happened to the Pac-12 and how it essentially disintegrated in less than 15 years from being the top conference, as you mentioned, in a lot of ways. And honestly reminds me of the story uh, that I read years ago about Blockbuster. Uh, Blockbuster Video in 2000 actually had a chance to buy Netflix for about $50 million. And they turned it down because Blockbuster Video at the time was the number one source for home entertainment. I mean, they monopolized the market pretty much. Most Some of y'all young people don't remember it, but if you're old enough, you remember Blockbuster Video. And, you know, Netflix at the time, they were mailing DVDs to people's houses. And Blockbuster figured, you know what, nah, we don't need to evolve our business model. We're good. Uh, I, we can't in, we can't really visualize a future where Blockbuster doesn't dominate the space. And instead of acquiring, you know, Netflix and removing them as a threat, all right, merging with them, whatever, uh, they decided to you know leave Netflix out there. Could have bought them for fifty million, and now I believe Netflix is Netflix is worth close to what two hundred billion dollars, and there are no more blockbusters. That's the Pac-12, folks. The Pac-12 have numerous opportunities to dissolve the Big Twelve, remove them as a threat. They never did out of hubris and arrogance. And look at where they are now. They are on the verge of collapse. I assume. Well, they're going to become days the, uh, before they 
you know, they, they are no more <laughs> as a conference. Yeah, and if you've been listening to this show, or the previous show leading up to now, what came Friday shouldn't have been a surprise. It was kind of a surprise to a lot of the national folks, but it's a great point on Blockbuster. Uh, but this was coming, right? This was coming with, with Klyavkov's unwillingness and the inability to get a deal done, and that's where we are. I would also say this for uh, for the remaining Big 12 schools and for uh, for Texas and Oklahoma. Look, they started all this, right? When Texas and Oklahoma... With uh, the new leadership at Texas, Jay Hartzell, uh, Kevin Eltife, Chris Del Conte all aligned saying, you know what, we need to jump because uh, we're the biggest brand. We need to be with with the biggest brands in college sports, and that's the SEC. Oklahoma, of course, was was all for it as well. The Aggies really... might disagree with you about Texas and Oklahoma starting this thing, though. Well, yeah, they started. Back this okay. the... <laughs> <laughs> no, they did. <laughs> They're right. They're right. They were you the know, first to jump. Well, nobody wants to give Aggies credit, but like, the Aggies actually did jump, and they were like, hey, man, let's do it. Let's give go some credit. build well, it with a brand. Uh, Just throwing it out there. Well, it'll be, look, we, we, we've got what's to come. And remember, everything we're talking about starts in 2024 uh, on Ian oh, yeah. Rodby this He's morning. it on the field. Everything starts in 2024. Yeah. Everybody's kind of positioning themselves. Yes, and remember, yeah. 2024, there'll now be 18 teams in the Big Ten. There'll be 16 teams in the Big 12. There'll be 16 teams in the SEC. The ACC is falling apart as we speak. Oh, That's also to be determined. Oh, Florida State is just, Florida State is saying the quiet part out loud. All of their representatives are like, oh, yeah, we leaving. We just don't know when. Oh, yeah, we, that grant of rights, we don't give a damn about that grant of rights. I'm paraphrasing, but it's exactly that's exactly what right. they're saying. Right, and they're trying to keep up with the Joneses, which is the SEC, the Big Ten, and now even the Big 12, you know, you know, gaining uh, in strength, and the ACC can see themselves slipping. So that's what they're fighting for, uh, but that's to come. But obviously we're to the point where I think we all, a lot of us thought we would be, Rod. Four power conferences. The only thing to be determined over the last two years was whether it could be the Pac-12 that survived or the Big 12. And we now know the Big 12 is thriving. The Pac-12 is dead. Uh, they're going to merge with the Mountain West, mm-hmm. and there'll be a you know, group of five conference, which is amazing. Uh, so there's four. And if you add up those schools, right, you know, if the, if, you know, do the math. If, you add, if, if the Big Ten were to somehow add Stanford and Notre Dame, which, again, there's a lot to be played out with that. But right now they're sitting at 18 in 2024. It's not beyond the pale that there could be some type of Stanford-Notre Dame addition. Uh, between now and then, uh, to get to, tw- to 20. Well, then you've got 20, 16, 16, and 12. That's 64, Rod. Yeah. You're sitting at 64 teams. We talk, everybody was talking about it 10, 20 years teams. ago. Everybody. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and don't think the power brokers at ESPN and Fox and the uh, the people behind the curtain have not you know, had this in mind. 64 teams, four big conferences, conference championship games. Wow, that kind of plays out into a – to a playoff scenario, right? It does. Uh, the 64, and those 64 could probably legislate themselves and create their own, you know, rules outside the NCAA. And again, I'm thinking big picture here, but, you know, let the NCAA run everything else. We're 64. We're going to run ourselves in football. We'll make our rules as it, as it pertains to NIL, to portal, to transfers. We'll get some uniformity. Might even hire a commissioner. You know, we might go that for all idea. four conferences, mm-hmm. and we'll get some things in line here. But again, it's amazing. It's where we are in college athletics. But importantly, Rod Baber's on our first program together. Ian Rod B in the mornings. Oh, shizzle. We still have a 2023 football season to play. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes. Which the Longhorns would like to make it their final run in the Big 12, uh, finish it with bookends. They won the first Big 12 mm-hmm. championship back in the mid-'90s. Uh, now they have a chance to, as the favorites, to win the Big 12 this year. We'll get the very latest from behind that burnt orange curtain. All things Texas football one weekend, four workouts in. We'll hear from Sark and the coaches uh, throughout the course of the morning on our first program. So you got to look to 2024 for the future, but 
the future is now for the Texas Longhorns. Also this hour, we'll hit some uh, facts of the day, our Just the Facts segment coming up before the end of the hour. Uh, big weekend going on throughout uh, the, the sports landscape, so we're just getting warmed up. It's the first ever E and Rod B program. The only morning sports conversation in the ATX is right here on the Horn app on hornfm.com, 1019 and AM 1260. Coming back, we go behind the burn orange curtain. New chapter on the horn on a Monday. Five hours of Austin's only sports conversation in the AM. Heard from a lot of folks over the weekend who, uh, while we were off on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we were, were kind of lost without the morning sports conversation. Hard to find anything else in Austin, Texas. And you can find us on the Horn app, always at hornfm.com, 1019 and AM 1260. But spread the word. Tell your friends about that Horn app. That's where it's easiest to find us. Join the digital generation. Don't get stuck Mm -hmm. with the training wheels on if you can't uh, find the signal. That's all right. That's what the Horn app is for. It's absolutely free. There is no subscription. Couldn't be easier to download and use through your smartphone. If you don't have a smartphone, you might want to find us on AM 1260. Free 99. Free 99. Yeah. Not much free in the world these days, Rod Babers. If you don't have a smartphone. Jerry Jones still has a flip phone. That doesn't surprise me. He's got a... Well, because I heard for billionaires, you can't hack... Like flip phones, you, you can you can you can't hack your cell phone. You need a smartphone to hack it. It's got to be smart to hack it. <laughs> the phones are too dumb to hack when they don't have the smart technology. So I think that's why the, some of the billionaires choose to go old school. Old school. Well, mm-hmm. he does have a two hundred million dollar yacht, so I think he can live without the smartphone. But yeah, we'll get into some Cowboys <laughs> news. Cowboys, of course, um, uh, had some couple more legends into the Hall of Fame over the weekend with Demarcus Ware and Chuck Howley. Uh, Zach Martin's holdout continues, so we'll certainly look in and check in on the Cowboys. Also, the Texans. Texans open up their preseason right. on uh, on Thursday night with uh, one of the first preseason games. Of course, we had the Hall of Fame game last Thursday night as we get this thing cranked up. But uh, for the top of the hour, we're going to dive into some B&E facts of the day, including the ooh, incredible ooh, impact. Oh, you, you said it. How many mean? times are we going to put a little a little <laughs> jar for when, uh, when E says B&E? <laughs> this is why no, – this is why – the show uh, is is E and Rod B. We got to put. It's got to have a name. E and Rod B. Well, we want to have a name. That's just like that's just like you know that's like cooking chicken without seasoning. It's right? a little too close. Uh, to e- yeah, well, no, th- yeah, it is close. Exactly. That's why we got to add some to it. Put a little seasoning on it. So we will have a name. And honestly, I suggest we let the people out there name the program, or at least give them. A chance to name the program. So, they named the last two afternoon shows. They did a pretty good job. I think it was Nate that came up with RVKD and my man Dwight that came up with the triple option. That was pretty good. All right. So what would you name this program? That's uh, kind of Austin's what only, yeah. only morning sports conversation with myself and Rod Babers. What would you call it? Yeah, exactly. Is it breakfast tacos with Ian Rod B? I don't know. Y'all decide. <laughs> Make a pick. Hit us on the Specs text line, which is still a thing. That's still a thing. 337-3776. That's 512-337-3776. You can also see us and follow us on all of our social medias at uh, the Horn ATX on Twitter, the Instagrams. I think we're even on uh, the new Threads deal. I think we're the, there, too. We're the everywhere. Instagrams. The Grams. <laughs> the, the young folks are the Gram. The Gram. The Gram. The Insta. <laughs> the Insta. Uh, but, yes, before the top of the hour on Ian Rod B, we'll get some Just the Facts because it was a busy weekend, the incredible impact of Lionel Messi in the MLS, the ouster of the U.S. women's in the Women's World Cup, uh, the baseball of the weekend, including the Rangers with a heck of a home stand, stretching their lead out on the Astros in the AL, in the AL West. We'll dive into some uh, facts of your Monday morning. Also, in the next hour, we'll get the first of two Rod's rants of the day, uh, which we're looking forward to. I got a bunch of stuff to rant about. Loving that. Yeah. Loving that. 
uh, which is going to be good. But right now, because the Longhorns are one week, four practices into their training camp on their way to the 2023 season, it's time to dip behind the burn orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, time to go behind the burnt orange curtain. That means we're talking Texas. Well, talk to sports. We're talking Texas football, of course, today. I uh, got a couple of pieces of audio that I want to get to with you guys because uh, JT Sanders was uh, at the podium, uh, had a media availability this weekend, and he was being asked about his quarterback. And uh, here is uh, JT Sanders uh, talking about the uh, the growth and the, 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 the change uh, for his quarterback, Quinn Ewers. Uh, just really his whole demeanor, Tate, after he cut that mullet, like he, he – like, I don't know what it was about that mullet. Like, whatever he did after cutting that mullet, like, it's just, it's like a whole new person. Like, he, he like he went from, like, a young a kid to an adult, and it shows, like, his whole, the way he carried himself. He even starting to be more of a leader now on his team, maybe one of the biggest leaders on his team, really. Um, just the way he playing the game now, how he moving all, within football, out of football, is just, overall, he's just a better man, really. Better man. Damn. Oh, <laughs> at the end, he's not with being a better leader, better, better man. Cause you cut your, you ever felt like a better man? You ever got a haircut so damn good? You feel like a better man, Ty? Yeah, recently with, <laughs> with that mop I had on my head, I had to clean it up. A oh, that's bit. right, you did get it. Yeah, that's right, you did clean it up a little bit recently. Okay, all right, yeah, okay, I get that. But uh, so I actually, you know what? I don't, I don't love the new haircut or anything like that. Um, but I, I understand. The, uh, the the metamorphosis that he's referring to. Better man. I mean, he, he's around him more than we are. So I just, I, I'm happy that he's a better leader. I think that's probably the most important thing because they need him to be a leader. And I've heard a lot about that, that he's leading the offseason uh, workouts, that, you know, he's asking guys to do more work and nobody's complaining, nobody's, you know, disgruntled about it, that everybody looks to him as a leader and a guy that's earned it at this point. They need that. I think you're exactly right. And obviously, you know, it's the, the reverse Samson effect, right? Without the hair, he's stronger. And now he's gone like full full buzz cut. He's it gone, is. Yeah, he's gone full. It's like real close, man. He looks man. like he's in the, in the Army or something. I think it's a little too boot, close. Boot camp. It's a little too close. But, you know, again, by all – and there's JT Sanders, one of his favorite targets this year, I would imagine, you know, saying it. But you know, day and night is the way he's being described. His demeanor – is better at practice. And look, sometimes, you know, you were part of it as a, as a college football player, Rod. You know, you, you know, you just grow up. At some point, you, you go from a kid to a young man and, and a man. Uh, it just happens. And, you know, Quinn Ewers had an interesting ride. I mean, he, he, you know, opted out of his senior year of high school, which can always be debated whether that was a yeah. good decision or bad. You know, you played high school football at a high level, Rod. And, you know, to not be with your team through your senior year and maybe a run to a state championship – you know, that's unimaginable it for is. a lot of people that Agreed. I'm not going to be there. And I, I was, you know, there as a sophomore. I was there as a junior. Now my senior year with my dudes, my guys from South Lake Carroll, I'm going to go to Ohio State where I'm going to, you know, be a practice player, essentially. I'm going to make some money. I'm going to get some NIL dollars, and maybe that's the best financial decision. But, you know, personally, was that the best choice? And, again, that will always be debated with Quinn Ewers. Well, now he shows up at Texas, and he's got the mullet, and he's – you know, there's there's the whole phrase rod to to who much is given, much is expected. Oh yeah. And Quinn Ewers has been given a lot, right? He's been given the keys to the Texas program as the quarterback. He's got some NIL deals that are pretty lucrative, I would imagine. And we know that we've heard about those. So yes, it's time for him to step up, grow up, and become the leader of the Texas football team. And the fact that it appears that that is happening, that metamorphosis, as you call it, 
that can only be a good thing for the Longhorns. Yeah, no, uh, heavy is the head, right? That uh, that wears the crown. Yeah, and for him, that that certainly is the case. So I I love that they can kind of now we're gonna blame kind of the bad season or at least the bad moments that he had last year, the growing pains on the mullet. And that's something psychological about that too. I like that. that uh, no, that was a mullet, man. That was that was that was mullet. Uh, Quinn, you, Mullet Quinn is different than Clean Cut Quinn, who's also Quinn Wick, who is also he's got now he's got different personas that we're starting to uh, figure out with Quinn Ewers. Well. Uh, uh, so uh, okay, Sark was also talking about his quarterback uh, over the weekend after the c- first couple of practices and how sharp Quinn Ewers looks. Here is uh, Steve Sarkeesian talking about Quinn Ewers' uh, progress so far. The the ball was coming out timely um, when we got him. When- a little off schedule he moved really well in the pocket and kept his vision up downfield was able to make throws kind of off off platform on the move um which is something that we've really been working on in the off season coming off of last year um and when things weren't there he was finding completions he was finding checkdowns uh so inevitably it was just a clean practice for him there weren't forced throws he wasn't throwing any coverage he didn't get stuck holding the ball because he didn't know where to go with it. Uh, it just felt like he operated at a high level. Well, that's great news for the that's, Longhorns. That's what they need. I am worried about – not worried. Um, there is some concern for me about how he operates off schedule when the play breaks down, when he's off off script, essentially. Because Sark's offense, a lot of it is built on – Operating on schedule, um, operating, you know, once it is on script, even him himself, he is a better play caller. Things are operating on script, um, on schedule. And when something breaks down, whether it be a blown assignment, you know, a blown block, um, a route that, you know, was interrupted or rerouted, whatever it may be, it may force Quinn Ewers to have to operate off schedule, improvise on the fly. That worries me a little bit if he has to improvise. And I think that's what he just mentioned. He really was like, no, no, no. When he, he has to get to the secondary reaction plays, that's what he's more comfortable with now. And now he can just rely on his instinct to take over. Well, it's, that's the, the metamorphosis from a, you know, a thrower to a quarterback, right? I mean, you – I mean, for most of his career, I mean, through his high school days and even in the last year, he was a one-read one quarterback. If the first read wasn't there, he might go to the second read. But, boy, the third read and the third progression probably wasn't going to get looked at. And that's that's the development of a player. And, you know, we know Texas is going to have weapons. I mean, uh, we know they've got guys that uh, are going to – you know, the other guy that's getting a lot of reviews and rave reviews over there, Rod, is A.D. Mitchell. That Eddie Mitchell continues to just be the dude yeah. uh, at wide receiver uh, because he's you know experienced. He's won a couple national championships at Georgia. He brings that experience and swagger of of how to get it done. We saw him in the spring game. We saw him in the spring. You know there, there are going to be pieces to throw the football to. Uh, there are going to be options, and you always call it like the math equation for a defense. And you know the guy we heard from to start our you know behind the burn orange curtain. Jatavion Sanders, I don't know how you account for that guy if you've got the receivers the Longhorns have on the outside with the X-Man and, and A.D. Mitchell and uh, you know Isaiah Nayer, Jordan Whittington. You know, George, Jatavion Sanders becomes, how do you deal with that as a defense? There's going to be someone that has a favorable matchup. That's what Quinn Ewers has defined on a snap-by-snap basis. Yeah, I mean, essentially they can present the defense with a mathematical equation the defense just cannot solve because you can't double X-Men and double JT Sanders. You're talking about top five guys at their position in the country. Uh, I think Pro Football Focus actually has JT Sanders ranked ahead of X-Men. 
Uh, they ranked like the top 50 players, and they had them ranked ahead of X-Men. Um, so you're talking about guys who are considered elite at their position. I, ideally, as a defensive coordinator, you want to take those weapons away, force someone else on the defense to beat you. But then you're talking about if that is the case, you're going to take those guys away schematically. Then that means everybody else is guaranteed one-on-one coverage. And you're guaranteed to have a light a go against a lighter defensive box because they can't they can't stack the box either and also double and take those weapons away. So that's a AD Mitchell and Jay Witt this year. They should have big years because I'm assuming they're going to get a lot of man to man coverage because J T Sanders and X Man those are guys I take away. And I'm going to force Texas running game to prove it to me. I'd probably play Texas with a lighter box most of the time. Force the running game to prove it to me because in the bowl game, depending on your defensive line and the prowess of it, in the bowl game, didn't really prove that the running game could be that effective. And without Bijan and Roger, without the training wheels, average less than three yards per carry. All so, right. Suggestions on what we should name the show coming in here behind the burnt orange curtain, Rod. This says Morning Wood with Rod B and E. <laughs> I am a part of the wood. The wood. So that makes sense. That's right. And you'll have yes. to explain that as we go forward. But uh, the wood is your uh, group, right, when that's, you were uh, in Texas? That's my, that's my, they're my, they're my brothers. My brothers from another mother and some from another color. But it's okay, my brothers. Your brothers. <laughs> the wood, the wood brothers. Uh, the early Rod has been mentioned. Um, it says, sun's up, horn's up. This says uh, the... Got to write some of these down. Write them down, yeah. Got to write these down. I'll, I'll read them. And uh, you, you, this is The Mornings with Ian Rod B. That's simple. That's simple. To the point. Yeah, yeah. So that. Um, the Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club B. is not. I think that's The Breakfast Club is a thing. That's yeah, taken. It's like a national. Yeah, it's like a national show. It's like really popular. That's a good idea of it. It's already a thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's how good of an idea it is. Uh, good Morning with, Ian, <laughs> with Aaron and Rod. Kegs and Eggs. Kegs and and I believe that might be a thing already too. Kegs and eggs. Well, it's definitely a thing, but I mean, it might be a shift. If not, Casey Stuttered. Make that. Yeah, or Casey's that got happen. that locked up. Kegs and eggs. <laughs> no, kegs and eggs is when you have like an eleven o'clock kick and your tailgate starts at seven a.m. So you're doing kegs and eggs. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, hey, breakfast tacos. Texas is good this year. You ain't got to worry about many kegs and eggs with me. All right. Right. Well, Except for Texas OU. That's gonna be good. It's Texas gonna be good. OU is always kegs and eggs. Uh. Behind the burnt orange curtain rod, as we heard from J.T. Sanders, and we appreciate those uh, contributions I on the sex, sex line. I will say this, though. I did change my hair late in my career, and I got braids, and I did get better really? with a hair change. Now that I think about it, I was a better – yeah, because I had just a, the ball – I had a fade, ball fade when I came, kind of a south side. Then I went with a taper fade after that, and then I grew my hair out, had a, had a fro, all right, and then went with the braids. And I think everybody in the secondary basically had braids. Because remember, Mac Brown, Mac Brown first got here, he did not allow braids. He did not no. allow braids or anything like that, which was crazy because it's like, hey, what about Rick? Rick what, Ricky, Ricky, hey, that looks like he had some strange hair. So Mac, he kind of made a rule that once the grandfathered in that we couldn't have like braids, we couldn't have earrings, couldn't have, he didn't want, like, he, he was very strict about that stuff. And I believe it was said Benson. That he had to change that rule for again. It's like, well, you can't, you can't allow Ricky to do it, then said B to do it, then no, like, nah, nobody no. else can have uh, wild hair. So after that, everybody could do it. Everybody got, everybody kind of felt liberated, so everybody got braids on the team. And I, I, I became a better player with the braids. So it's possible to become better. Ask Jerry Gray, the Jerry Curl. I mean, it, it, there was some strength in this Jerry Curl. But you said, like you said, it's a reverse Samson. Yeah, I grew my hair out and became a better player. He shaved his, or at least cut it. I don't know how that's going to affect him. Hopefully, he well, cu- it cuts the turnovers look, and cuts I mean, bad decisions. I, I think the hair and the mullet is symbolic for Quinn Ewers, but I do think it's an attention to detail, right? There's a 
And what was it that Admiral McRaven in his you know, famous commencement speech talked about? Make your bed every day, right? Do the little things. Yeah. How, how you point. do one thing is how you're going to do everything. I, I, I do think there's some growing up there with Quinn Ewers that, uh, you know, and by the way, there are two dudes in that quarterback room that like to take his job. Uh, and I think last year with Hudson Card being here, I don't think that wasn't a Steve Sarkeesian recruit. That yeah. wasn't his guy. There maybe wasn't a real threat there. And Quinn Ewers was going to get the year to, to kind of figure it out. But now there are Malik Murphy and Arch Manning there who, you know, you know what competition's like, Rob. When there's a really good player at your position who's trying to take your gig, it'll put you on point. It'll put you on notice that you better be attention. You better have attention to detail. You better be doing things the right way and leading the team because, you know, that big defensive end looking Mm -hmm. dude, Malik Murphy, is ready to take your job. And Arch Manning is not going to go quietly. And by all accounts, Arch Manning's one of those, you know, gym rats, you know, Gets there early, goes to work on, gets his stuff done. Uh, that's what he's all about. So there's some Texas football talk. We'll continue it throughout the morning. Rod B's got his rant of the day coming up after the top of the hour. We'll reset those headlines. But coming next, it'll be some facts. We just get the facts from a busy weekend on the baseball fields, the soccer pitch, uh, and the big stories of the weekend coming with just the facts on the other side of a quick timeout. More suggestions pouring in on the Specs text line for the new name of this new program. This one says Morning Connection with Ian Rod B. Don't hate that. Not bad. It says uh, ER Morning Visit, the emergency room. <laughs> uh, ENR. Uh, <laughs> I like that. The opening drive with Rod and Aaron. That's not bad. Too deep. Too, deep. too deep. I like too deep. Too deep not with bad. Ian Rod B. It's not bad. Uh, hot Rod. That's not bad, though. That's funny. I like that. And the uh, <laughs> the grammar police are out saying, whatever you guys call it, please take the apostrophe off mornings on your Twitter. On the Twitter. <laughs> There's no apostrophe hey, in mornings. It's so, true. Yeah, you know what? We appreciate that. This we appreciate says, uh, you. The attention to detail. That's right. It matters. Up and out with uh, Rodney. That's not terrible. That's not bad. Uh, breaking the huddle. Uh, sunrise sports chat. Longhorn Morning Brew. Uh, We'll continue those, and thank you for sending them and being with us here on the Specs text line and on the Horn app at hornfm.com, 1019 AM, 1260, the uh, inaugural voyage of uh, E and Rod B, whatever the name becomes. But it was a busy weekend, Rod, outside of the uh, Longhorns, four practices in. Um, There were also, we've also talked the realignment, college football world, the stunning news from the Pac-12, the growth of the Big Ten. Uh, the further growth of the Big 12 when Texas and Oklahoma leave to a 16 team. Uh, and, and, our, and our facts of the day, uh, Rod, it was pointed out that uh, the ACC has 14 teams. Somebody did my math because I was never a math major over at St. Edwards University where I graduated. Okay. Uh, but 14. So the, the, the landscape of college football, if you're already looking in college athletics, but college football in particular is already to 64 teams. It's already 64 teams starting in 2024. You know, 18 Big 12, 18 Big 10. 16 in the Big 12 and the in the uh, SEC, 14 in the ACC. That's 64. Mm-hmm. So we're to 64 teams that don't include Notre Dame <laughs> uh, in a conference. Now they're kind of in the ACC, but not really. They're affiliated. And what's going to happen to Stanford? What's going to happen to Cal? ACC. It, trust me, they got some issues now too because Florida State is they're they're making a a ruckus over there yeah. about that Grant Florida Rice. State is, uh, they're basically said, saying we won't now. We want to be a free agent. 
there. And, but how do they? <laughs> the, the, AC, the ESPN has the ACC locked up through 2036. But I know that. Strong... You know, SEC wants Florida State, though. That'd be nice. You know it would. Maybe more to you come. You know, Greg Sagan is he's, it's mouth watering right now thinking about Florida State in the SEC. And as we've taught you and helped you explain, the, it's all driven by the almighty dollar of television Straight and cash ESPN home. and Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they run college athletics, whether we like that or not. All right, Rod, what's your first uh, E and Rod B fact of a Monday morning? I want to talk about Messi Come and on. what he did uh, and what he's done so far. I got a little Messi fact here. So Inter-Miami didn't win a single match in its nine games before Messi's arrival. But now the team has won four straight games. <laughs> And Messi is averaging two goals per 90. <laughs> four games. Seven goals in four matches? Four games, seven goals, one assist, two free kick goals, and four wins. Basically, it's just like if LeBron went to the G League and he's just out there just giving people the business. Well, we, so he's worth the price of admission. Well, look, he just led Argentina to the World Cup, right? And he won the, the most outstanding player of that tournament. So. Even at his his age, he's still among the the handful of the best players in the world, and he's playing against MLS competition. That's that's kind of like uh, you know Patrick Mahomes dropping down to play in the XFL or something. That's what I'm it's like, like, yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like LeBron in the G League, man. That's LeBron good. in the G League. Crazy, it's man. just uh, it is wild. It's but, wild. But you know what? It's great for the MLS. The the Apple great. Plus subscriptions are through the roof. Great for soccer in America. Sold out in Frisco last night for the game with FC Dallas. And, sell out everywhere. Yeah, packed houses. To just get a glimpse of uh, the golden toe and Lionel Messi, the seven golden goals. Golden toe. They said that fans typically pay an average price of $45 to attend an FC Dallas home game, but the average purchase price for a ticket for the match with Lionel Messi in Inter Miami was $864. $864. Usually it's $45. It's crazy. Like the, just the, the value of just getting, you know, getting the chance to see Messi. Well, what it what it costs? All right, uh, I'll give you a fact of the weekend. And uh, fact is, as we sit here this morning, the Texas Rangers lead the Astros in the AL West by Go two through. and a half games. Uh, Rangers just had a great homestand. They went six and zero. They swept the Miami Marlins. Great comeback on Saturday. They dominated yesterday. Meanwhile, the Astros were hooked up with the Yankees up at Yankee Stadium and had a had a heck of a series. Justin Verlander returned for Houston. Uh, pitched well. Pitched well enough mm. to win, but the Astros struck out way too much on Saturday. Couldn't get their bats going. Middle of the order didn't do much against uh, Nestor Cortez and that Yankee pitching staff. Uh, so the Astros split the four games in New York. They got the win yesterday, but here's the fact. You know who was behind the plate yesterday in this game? Is he the, the always fun Angel Hernandez, oh, worst okay. umpire in baseball. <laughs> what do you know? The Astros walked 12 batters, 12 Yankees. They threw over 200 <laughs> pitches in this game, and there were several questionable calls by the home a, plate umpire. You don't think that's a coincidence at all? No. And both <laughs> both pitchers were dealing with it. Both teams were dealing with it. Angel Hernandez is just a mess, and the Astros didn't have their best day on the mound, but they still won the game. It is It is – you know, found money. You know, when you put on a, new, a pair of pants you have more in a while and you got like a $20 bill in your pocket? Oh, that's awesome. If Jake Myers hits two three-run homers, you better win that game. Because if Jake Myers, the light-hitting outfielder, uh, hits two three-run bombs at Yankee Stadium, probably need to win that game. Astros tried their best to give it away with 12 walks and mm. uh, control problems on the mound, but they still got the win. Brian Abreu got the final out. So the Astros are two and a half back. Uh, Astros better be on point here because the Astros have the day off today, Rod. That is a fact. They're going to our nation's capital to visit the president and be honored for their world championship. Justin Verlander now gets to go with them because he's now back with the Astros and he gets to be there. Uh, And, you know, since we've last talked, Framber Valdez threw a no hitter, which was a lot of fun to see. And Framber will 
pitch their first game in Baltimore after they visit the president today. Baltimore, of course, in first place in the AL East. That'll be a fun series coming up. While the Rangers will be playing the lowly Oakland A's. When you show up and play Oakland. Oh, man, you got to get a sweep. You got to beat them. I've heard you talk about this. It's like they get one win on you. It's like, oh, man. Actually, they did against the Astros. They got the Astros, the Astros did that. Three out of four. They get, yeah, last time they, they get, played them, and it's like it felt like you lost one. the series. It felt like you <laughs> lost the series because you lost that one game. Like, how did we lose to Tampa to Oakland? Uh, the, the The Oakland A's this morning have a winning percentage of two eighty six. They are thirty two and eighty. Thirty two and eighty. Yeah. So the Rangers need to t- feast while they can, and the Astros are meanwhile playing the first place team and the best team with the best record in the American League starting tomorrow night. There might be some separation here, but the Astros are trying to hold on here. Uh, obviously, different competition. That 32-80 and 80 record for the Oakland A's would be, how do we ever win 32? They're not trying to win. They're like the Texans. Sure. Sometimes they, they, can't even, they can't even tank right, trying to, trying to lose and still end up winning. 32-80. and 80. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> Any more facts for you, Rod? I got some random facts. How about this? Okay, there are six offensive linemen since 1970 that have been named to the AP All-Pro first team six times in their first nine seasons, um, especially now because Joe Thomas in the uh, in the Hall of Fame added to that. The only one of those six who is not in the Hall of Fame is Zach Martin. And he will be. And he will be. Yeah, but Jerry Jones don't want to pay him pay that his man. money. Hey, that Please. money's for Micah. We got that money for Micah. That money's Mike. for Micah. <laughs> Micah got your money. Hey, hey, Zach, that, that's Parsons' money. Don't be taking Parsons' money. By the way, we'll, we'll hear from Micah Parsons coming up on our next hour. He was uh, talking pretty well about a former Longhorn who's now a linebacker mate of his up at, uh, out there in Cowboys camp. We'll hear from Micah Parsons coming up. Also, we'll hear from one of the newest Cowboys into that Hall of Fame, Demarcus Ware. Uh, he is in. Plus, I want to get Rod B's thoughts on uh, Darrell Revis. Revis Island is a mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. You were a great cornerback at Texas and in the NFL. Your thoughts on Darrell Revis and where he ranks all time. Plus, we'll reset your headlines. And Rod's got his first rant of the day. All part of a uh, very busy Monday on our first E and Rod B program. Appreciate you being with us.